Lose the Cape Podcast, episode 129. Yes, we are moving right through our podcast episodes. Uh, today, we are posting a little bit later than we intended. We actually meant this to go live on Wednesday, and we did go live on Wednesday with our first ever book club live discussion. It was a lot of fun. What we've decided to do is, um, as we've been talking about in some of our past episodes, we've launched a book club, and um, just wanted it to be a place where people can get suggestions for books if they want to be reading books that are like bigger topics not just um, you know fun fiction is awesome I love fun fiction but sometimes we want to be reading books that grow us as people and that speak to things that we want to learn about and those are the kind of books that we are really trying to cover um, but we did announce that so in January just to, as a backup here we did The Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes which was awesome and then we announced on Wednesday that we are going to be studying Brene Brown's um, latest book uh, for February. So you can check out, if you go to the show notes for this episode, you can get the link to purchase that one. And what we're doing now is that the last Wednesday of the month, we are going live on our Facebook page. We will record that episode, download it, and re-upload it so that it can go out as the podcast episode as well. But we're inviting people to come join us and and talk to us openly um, about the book live if you want to join us. Um, This time it was just me and Nancy. We had a great time talking about Chandra Rhymes' Year of Yes, which just impacted me in ways I never even dreamed or expected. And we would love to eventually start growing it so that we have four or five, six of us actually in the room together talking about the book and really – you know, doing a, a real live book club the f- the last Wednesday of every month on the Lose the Cape Facebook page. So anyway, here is that episode. Like I said, we went live. If you want to see it, you can go over to the Facebook page and watch us live. We'll have the link in the show notes at losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 129. Or you can just download this on iTunes and listen to our description of the year of yes and what we liked about it or loved about it because both of us really loved the book. So our, uh, we also did go live on Wednesday to talk about a very important and sad topic, which is suicide, depression, and anxiety, particularly in kids in the 9 to 12 age range. And we had a, a guest expert come on live with us and talk to us, and we will be um, we will be downloading that and posting it as our podcast episode for Wednesday coming, um, so around February 8th, I think it is. Um, But if you want to watch that episode or listen to it before then, you can also find that on the Lose the Cape podcast um, Facebook page. So it was a it was a really it was a really good interview. The topic, of course, is not good and sad, but she gave some great tools on connecting with our children when they're younger so that when they get to the age where these things are becoming an issue in their lives, we're able to have open conversations and hopefully help them in a time of need when, you know, instead of them feeling like they can't come to us. So enjoy this episode and I hope you, I hope you had a chance to read the year of yes. If it was something of interest to you, maybe you'll read it after this. You can grab our affiliate link if you want to buy it after you hear us rave review it um, over at losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash one two nine. Thanks y'all. Have a great day. Okay, hello everybody.
I know you're so excited to get us two times in one day. This is exciting. We are uh, doing something really different. And if you've heard us talking uh, on the podcast or uh, on the blog about how we wanted to do a book club, it started off a few months back when Aubrey and I really wanted to do a book subscription box and that just didn't pan out for us. It's a lot of work to put together a subscription box, y'all. So we decided that, that that because we still want to do this and want to have our um, our discussion on books and, and talk about books that are important and stuff that we're just going to do a monthly book club event where we can uh, talk about the book on the Facebook page while we're live. We can do the post. Our, um, our podcast episode for that week will be the book club discussion. And our hope is that eventually as this catches on and as you guys see what we're doing, that people will want to actually, um, actually join us and participate in the broadcast with us. So I want to introduce you to Nancy. You guys have probably seen her, interacted with her. She is our like bestest friend and uh, our assistant. <laughs> she makes sure that everything that happens is happening. So uh, welcome, Nancy. Hi. <laughs> so. Hi. Tell everybody about yourself while I'm um, sharing this event. Yeah, I shared about. Uh, tell tell everybody a little bit about about you, Nancy. Oh, um, I hate talking about myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> I live in. Uh, Sunny, cold Connecticut. Huh. It's like 19 degrees today. Um, and I have three kids. And um, it was a good thing that you sent me this book at Christmas because that was the only way that I would have been able to read the book as quickly as I did. Right. Because you know, my mom was around, my husband was around, I just ignored my kids and I read this book for like two days and finished it because it was so good. Um, yeah. Yeah. What else should I say about myself? I don't even know. That's all right. We will. Uh, she's well. She's very humble, but she's amazing, uh, and we love her. And so I want to talk about like why we and y'all just have to bear with us a little bit because this is new to us. We know it's new to you. This is our first time. Um, Nancy and I doing this live thing. This is our first book club. This is our where we're kind of just totally winging it. Um, I think one of the cool things that we're going to offer people is if you want to actually join us, like the way that Zoom and Facebook are interacting now, we can actually share the link and have you hop in the Zoom room with us and actually talk to us real and live and in person and be part of this book club event. So, you know, it may take a few times of us doing this before people catch on and before anyone really wants to participate, but we'll try to do a little bit of a better job um, talking to people ahead of time for the next book so that you're prepared and know if you want to be part of the discussion that you can um, 
that you can join us right here, real and live. Uh, what are the benefits? Well, we'll totally like let you introduce who you are and um, and give a shout out if you if you are a business owner or want to give a shout out for something in particular. But more than that, it gives us the opportunity to just like interact on books that we feel are important and they give us something to think about. Um, and this book. I have to say, really surprised me. Um, so I'm going to talk about that in just a second, and then we're going to start going through some of the questions or just talking about like what was the most impressive or uh, whatever like left the longest impressions on us on the book. Before we do that, I want look at Nancy. She's got her book tabbed and ready to go. That's how mine would have looked. But, um, well, I'll tell you the whole story in a minute. I wanted to highlight like every dang paragraph in the book and tab all the pages, but um, it was a gift for someone else. So I couldn't do that. We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> Before. I know, I know. And then I bought the Kindle version and I was like, this is just not the same thing. It's not. Um, before we get into this book, I do want to go ahead and announce our choice for next month. And I'm going to put the link in here so that you can check it out too. So um, we have chosen to jump on the insane Brene Brown bandwagon. Everybody is going nuts about her new book, Braving the Wilderness, The Quest for True Belonging and the Courage to Stand Alone. I cannot think, I haven't read it yet. I'm about to go buy it and read it today. But I cannot think of a better book that embodies the whole thing that we've been talking about over the last year, which is living bravely. I mean, hello, her book says braving the wilderness, the quest for true belonging and, and the courage to stand alone. And we're totally talking about people who are doing brave things and standing up and changing their lives and changing other people's lives. And uh, I, I'm really excited to read it. I've heard a lot of people talking about it. It gets phenomenal reviews Reese Witherspoon picked it as her book club of the month for January, and I just think it's fantastic. So I'm going to put uh, the link in the show notes uh, for February's book club pick. I'm really looking forward to reading it. I mean, I watched, I think, all of her podcasts, uh -huh. I am too. And, you know, I haven't read it yet, but I feel like this last year has been really challenging for a lot of people and for different reasons. It's not just what you might be assuming I'm talking about, but, um, you know, I think, I think that, right. But people get this, this, uh, you do, you feel lost. You feel lost. Like, so small, like there's nothing that you can do, like your voice doesn't matter. And I hope that this book is really going to give us some of the tools that we need. So I can't wait to read it and I can't wait for us to talk about it. And I hope that next month um, that some more people want, want to jump in. And so today we're talking about January's book, which was The Year of Yes, um, How to Dance It Out. Oh, shoot. My Kindle version. Read the whole title, okay, Nancy. Okay. <laughs> Your own 
how to dance so it, true. dance it out, stand in the sun and be your own person, which yes. I have to admit something though. Okay. I, I mean, I think I watched Grey's Anatomy way, way, way in the beginning when it first came out, but I stopped watching it after like a couple of seasons. Really? Never, what's the other show? What's the other show that she had? That oh my gosh. She's got like four of them. So she did uh, private practice. She's, okay. I've never seen that. Well, let me tell you, there was some serious male icon eye candy with Tay Diggs on that show. <laughs> so you were missing out if you were watching that one. Um, but so she did private practice. Um, she did uh, Scandal. Certainly, you've heard of Olivia Pope in Scandal. Well, yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Yeah, well, true. Okay, I say, well, let me tell you, I say, oh my gosh, it's so good. And then I'm like seven seasons behind. I don't even know how many seasons there are, but like I, I saw the first couple seasons and then wasn't able to watch anymore because I just, three little kids, business, all that kind of stuff. But, um, okay, and then her other show is How to Get Away with Murder, which I have to admit I binge watched like crazy one weekend because I just got into it and it was really good. And it, um, it's, it stars, um, Violet. Um, oh my gosh, my mind just, mine just blank. Violet Davis. Is that her name? Viola Davis. Davis. Yes. 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 Fantastic actress. Uh, let's see. I think they just, they did not, I don't think they've had the Emmys yet. I think they had the, uh, the other one. <laughs> I'm so bad with pop culture. I am so bad with pop culture. What's it called? The, um, <laughs> you guys, we are so terrible. Okay. Oh, they're good. They're good shows. And oh my gosh, what is the name of that awards program now? Screen, was it the Screen Actors Guild Awards? SAG Awards or, uh, well, there's some other big red carpet event. I don't know. Y'all, please feel free to jump in. I have. I did watch Shonda Rhimes' um, TED Talk. Uh-huh. Who I read this book. Uh-huh. Uh, and so when I was reading the book, I, like, could just avoid. Oh, that's a good idea. I mean, that's, know, a, that's like, a good I really, thing. I felt like, yeah, I felt like I could really um, imagine her. I mean, it would probably be fun to listen to this book on um, audio. Yes. Well, okay, let's back up. I want to tell people why we chose this book. And I'm put, I'm going to pop her TED Talk in the notes here. I haven't watched it yet, but I haven't watched it yet. But now I really want to. So um, this is kind of a funny story, actually. You know, I, I buy a lot of books. I make books. I read books, all this good stuff. And um, – but I rarely ever buy for just my own reading pleasure anymore. I'm way out of touch unless something like Brene Brown's new book or something huge like that is coming out. I have no idea what, what is coming out in new releases beyond my authors, right? Because their world is my world while we're releasing their books. So um, my sister asked for this book for Christmas, the year of yes, we're talking about. And 
I knew who Shonda Rhimes was because I was a huge Grey's Anatomy fan for a long time. And um, obviously Scandal. And I, I don't watch, I don't, I never watch TV in real time anymore. And if I catch up on them, I do. But I really like Scandal for the seasons that I watched it. And I really liked How to Get Away with Murder. So I was like, okay, I'll flip through this book and see what the hype is. Shonda Rhimes, she's a super talented writer, all this stuff. I opened the first couple pages and I was hooked. Y'all, I had just like a couple days to read it before I had to wrap it up and give it to my sister for Christmas. <laughs> and I just started reading and reading and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I wanted to just, just like copy and paste like every paragraph and paste it on my blog. And I was like, okay, that's called stealing. That's called, um, plagiarism and I don't want to get in trouble for that so um but I was like and, and Nancy show your book again for anybody who hasn't seen it yet like it's all tabbed and everything like like mine would have been worse because I wanted so badly to just I was like yes it really spoke to me so you might think to yourself like is there anything interesting that would relate to me that a famous woman who's written all these shows could possibly to, what could she possibly have in common with me? Well, I found so much stuff. She's a writer. I'm a writer. She has she has three children. I have three children. She struggled with her weight all her life. I have struggled with my weight all my life. She loves to do big things, but has really low self-esteem, I gathered, from, from the book, or had low self-esteem, or was just scared. And, you know, I, I get that too. But the concept behind her book was her sister made a very, very simple comment to her one day when they were preparing. Oh, like, like, like totally. Yeah. Just they were preparing dinner at Thanksgiving and she was talking about these things that she'd been invited to and that, you know, she couldn't do or whatever. And her sister's. Bragging. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bragging. She was bragging. Right. And like get her, get a reaction out of her. And her sister's so. basically like, I don't even know why you're telling me about this. You never say yes to anything anyway. And she was like, they were small words, but they had a massive impact. Six what? Six words, right? Those six words. So basically what she decided to do was for all these things that she gets invited to do that she's always said no to because they scare her that she was going to say yes to. And she's hilarious. She's a funny writer. She talks about how her publicist uh, couldn't, you know, how he would come to her and say, you need to do this. And she'd say no and all this stuff. And I mean, she's just, she's hilarious talking about the back and forth between the people on her team. And, um, but you know, there were some huge like life lessons in. That's huge. I mean, I think that, you know, that you never say yes to anything turned out to be a huge metaphor for just, and, and, and just, I mean, I don't, I think the book has been out for a while, right? So we can talk about like what Right. Oh, yeah. No, and this is supposed to be the culmination after everybody had a whole month to read it. So if you haven't yeah, read it so, yet, go read it and then come uh, back. <laughs> yeah. And she like didn't even know, like she didn't really know that she was depressed. Right. She felt like her, 
she had everything, you know, she had this awesome job, she um, had these wonderful children, she had a wonderful family, she had all this money, like she had a good life, you know, and I think she just did not realize that she was depressed, and, um, and, uh, and I thought that was like pretty, you know, just like the way, once she figured that out, the rest of it fell in place for her. Exactly. And, you know, I don't, I, I love how like some of the things though that happened in her life, I, you know, even more than that, like she started paying attention to the things that she was subconsciously saying no to, like her health yeah. and, yeah. Uh, and all of those types of things. And Can we talk about the airplane thing? Let's talk about the airplane thing. Go ahead and, and, and tell people what we're talking about. Okay. So, so. Everybody has a tipping point, right? And because she, one of the ways that her depression manifested itself was that she ate a lot, like emotional eating, and she was fat, she was like overweight, and um, she reached this point where she was on an airplane, and her seatbelt didn't fit. And she was like in such denial about it initially, like she couldn't believe it. It's like so funny. I mean, like if you keep that part about the airplane, like you can feel like her shock, right? Her mortification that her seatbelt on the plane does not fit, you know. And that was like really like a pivotal moment for her where she realized, you know, that connection between underlying depression and the eating and how it was manifesting itself in her body. Yeah. I, I am, I in particular really liked this, this, where she went with this in her book and, you know, no spoiler alert because you're supposed to have read it already, but uh, throughout the co- course of the book, she talks about how that incident caused her to basically take her health back. And she said yes to her health instead of subconsciously always saying no. And she started doing things. She never at any point in time, you know, talks about any, anything like a fast pill or a fast way. She talks about putting in the work and, um, and really making the changes in her life to get healthy. And she's what lost about a hundred pounds. I want to say, um, I have to look it up. But she likes, but I really just like love the way that she talked about what food did for her. Yeah. Because I was like, that is exactly what emotional eating is. Yeah, exactly. Which, I'm trying to find the part so that we can read it. But, um, oh, here we go. Uh, oh, here. The food created a nice top coat. It helped to smooth down the ragged bit, sealed off the parts of me that were broken, it filled in all the holes, covered up the cracks. Yep, I could put some food on top of any and everything that bothered me. Food just crackled right on in there. And presto, underneath the food, everything inside me was smooth and cold and numb. I was dead inside and that was good. Yeah. And that's totally. I think that so many people can relate to that. Absolutely, I totally can. You know, I can relate to the. I can relate to the emotional eating. I can relate to the trying to do something to cover up what you're doing. But I can also relate to that total sense of denial 
of like, I've had a seatbelt incident, like literally uh, um, when I had gotten to the height of my weight, I went on an airplane and I could just barely buckle and pull a little bit extra of the, the, the seatbelt thing. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, they must be making these for really small, skinny people right now because there's no way that I don't fit in a normal size seatbelt. And because it's just like crazy how like you can see yourself one way. Yes. You feel you feel like you know you're not that big, but then it's all relative. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, and, and, but it, it was a real moment for me too to think about, like, I was like, there is no way in hell I am going to request a seatbelt extender ever. So I will be doing something about this before the next time I get on a plane. And I did, and I lost a bunch of weight and then I gained it all back again. And now I feel like an Oompa Loompa again. So, and it's largely due to, um, to emotional eating. So clearly I didn't say yes to the right changes and I'm still working on that. But, um, I mean the whole book, like, I just loved the way it was just like a conversation with somebody that you feel like you've known your whole life. I loved that, that it was super, super humorous yet at the same time, like very really asked some big, big questions and her, um, I think the thing that like probably touched me the deepest was when she talked about her children and having enough emotional availability for them and paying enough attention to them. Because I think that's something that um, a lot of women who really enjoy working a lot struggle with is that time for kids and for being there. And I know you mentioned it as well. Um, and, and she, she talks about, um, you know, really making sure that she had the time to be, and we talk about this a lot in motherhood in general of like being really present, but she like really committed to being completely present when she's playing with her kids, she is playing with her kids. And I think it was in this book where she said, you know, sometimes it's even just five or 10 or 15 minutes of giving that time and it's all they need. I have to say that she told that story because in the book, she talks about how, like, she was on her way to some fancy event. Uh-huh. She was, like, on her way to a gala. She had yes. this ball gown on. Yes. And these high heels. Shonda loves high heels. She loves shoes. Um, so she's, like, all dressed up. She's ready to go. And then her kid is, like, play a game with me. And yeah. so she, right, and she just takes off her shoes and plays the game, you know, just for 10 or 15 minutes. And so she talked about that in the TED talk that I watched. And ever since then, I have been like so conscious of whether I'm saying yes or no when my kids ask me to yes. play with them or be with them. And I just like have to ask myself, what is it that I'm doing right now that is so important that I can't just play with them for 10 or 15 minutes? You know, I, I, that, I, this part, I think I have the most guilt about this. Of, of anything in the entire world. And I'll be lucky if I can make this statement without actually like crying because I, you know, because you work with me, like I am an ideas person and it's go, 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 go all the time, all the time. There's new ideas. There's new things. There's new big, how can we keep, you know, putting out more stuff and doing things. And a lot of times, like I get really, really, really in creative mode 
and I lose myself in it. And so the kids will come home from school and I'll be like, you know, in a minute, in a minute, in a minute, just go whatever. And that has created a habit. And now my little one is basically addicted to her, her iPad because she comes home from school and she hops on it and, and starts watching her little videos and things. We had some stuff happen in our life recently that really made me take a step back and realize, look at where my priorities were and what I was giving to them. And I've just like, it was, it was scary. Like how close I came to losing my kids and losing, losing, and not just like losing them through the divorce that almost happened, but losing them, like losing the opportunity to connect with them before they get to the point where they don't want to connect with me anymore. You know? It's hard and you really have to balance it. And I think that maybe this is a good time to talk about that part of the book where she talks about motherhood as a job. Yeah. And she's like, it's not a job. It's not a job. Because you're always a mother. Right. I loved that statement. Yeah. I I loved it. I wonder, do you have that bookmarked? I'm going to see if I can find it. Yeah. Um, She says, yeah. um, Because you know what started that whole part? It was so funny. When she was at the PTA meeting, yes, it was like something right out of Dan Mom. It was, it was. That's exactly what I was thinking about. She did say it out loud. I I loved that part. Exactly. But, it, you know, and, and yes, I lo- I loved, I loved, loved, loved that she said that. I loved it because I think, you know, I have heard and I've even said motherhood is the hardest job I've ever had, but it's really, it's not a job. It's something that we do and yeah, it's hard and it sucks, but. I mean, it could be like the hardest role maybe. Right, right, life. right. You know? It's definitely the most time-consuming one. It's the most emotionally draining, but it's also the most emotionally rewarding. Yes. You know, but yeah, it is, it is not a job. It's like, <laughs> who I am. Right. Um, and, it, and it should, so, yeah. It's part of who I am. That's the other thing, too. She said, you know, being a mother does not define me. It's like a part of who I am. Because I have all these other parts of me. That's right. That's, that have nothing to do with being a mother, and that's okay. And you know what? The other part that that I like about that is that she, it, it's okay to work and be good at your job, and to not mean that that makes you lesser of a mother because you like to work and because you have a time-consuming job. Which I thought was, you know, really just needs yeah. to be said. And it needs, I know that a lot of moms struggle with the guilt of working. And I see a lot of moms, especially in the boss mom group struggle with, um, this idea that they don't 
want to be playing with their kids because they want to be working in and on their business and, and the guilt that they feel around that. And that's so unfair because we should be allowed to work and to do our, what that's part of us too. And we should be able to, but I, I do love that she, that she took that moment, even in her big ball gown and with her fancy shoes on and everything and took those couple of moments to play with her child and just, you know, it's hard to be present in the moment. And it's something that I'm working on too, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's something that we're all working on. I mean, it just like seems to be like the buzzword of the 21st century. It is. Like, be present because of all the social media and stuff like that. But you know, the crazy thing is that you don't have to, um, you don't have to spend 17 hours playing Barbie dolls with your kids. I have found. I think I would kill myself. Oh my gosh. No kidding. Barbie. Uh, yeah. But it's like. <laughs> exactly. It only takes like five minutes, like five to 10 minutes of true. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, and, um, and I also, um, you know, there are things that I enjoy doing with my children and there are things that I do not enjoy doing with my children. I'm not good at like role play. So that's why I playing Barbies or playing, you know, playing, you know, with their dolls or whatever, playing house. But if they want me to play cards with them, I'm there. I can play a board game. Right. I can cook with them in the kitchen. I can read a book to them. Just don't do any, don't ask me to do anything that involves having to give, make up lines make up like a whole right 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 yeah you know it's not good at it no and what i've started trying to do is to bring the kids into whatever it is that i'm doing so i make them part i mean obviously not writing a book or something like that not work work but like if it's i have them join me if it's not just playing big you can pay attention to them in other ways like on the rare occasion that i do my nails I do my nails with my girls, you know, and those types of things so that they get, they get to be involved as well. But yeah, that's, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's always going to be a struggle for me to, um, to play with them, but I really, really value the, um, idea behind giving them your full attention so that they can see that they matter and they're important. And it builds that trust in, yeah. and relationship. I think one of the other things that I really like that she addresses throughout the book is this whole question of people asking, like, how do you do it all? And that her response is, I don't, you know, and that I, she has Jenny McCarthy. That's right. But you know what she does? She's not afraid to tell people that. And I thought that was awesome. And it's, I think it's a really important message that moms these days need to hear is that you don't have to do it all. You can have help. It's oh. Okay, whether that be your parents or your spouse or your partner or your nanny or your housekeeper or whomever it is, like, yeah, there I are. I mean, I, I mean, right now I'm solo parenting. My husband's in California, so I've got these three kids here <laughs> and stuff. And everybody's like, "Oh, how are you doing that?" I'm like, "My sister lives in the same town that I do, so we help each other a lot." Uh huh. I, my mother will come whenever I ask her. You know, I mean, like nobody ever does it alone, and it's a disservice. And you shouldn't. You shouldn't feel like you have to. <laughs> to pretend that like you have it all together, like you're doing everything all by yourself, because everybody has 
in yes. some way, shape, or form, whether you bring their kids to after school or, you know, you're able to work from home because all three of your kids are in school all day. Right. You know? Right. Like, and also, like, I saw me doing a quick cleanup before we started the live. You know, can I tell so, you, can I tell you a funny story about housekeepers that has absolutely nothing yeah. to do with this book? So, um, so, um, I have somebody come and clean twice a month and this is like what I splurge my money. I don't, I don't go buy new clothes for myself. I pay for somebody to clean my house because of the, of the peace of mind that it brings to us and our family. And just, I don't want to clean. I don't have the time to do it. And yeah, anyway, it seems like you it. Don't have to Yes, exactly, exactly. That's right. I don't have to be the perfect everything, right? So yeah. it just we we got we got a new um, mail delivery person, and it never fails that she seems to deliver a package when um, the house cleaner is here, and the house cleaner is my age, woman my age, and all this stuff, and never fails. Like she always answers the door, and then she's like, "Hold on, let me go get her or whatever, and come down." And and so it's happened twice now. And the first time we we joked, I, we joked like, "I bet she wonders what's happening in that household, right?" And then the second time she shows up, and the girl is there and opens the door. <laughs> Like now we know she thinks either it's a sister wife situation or, <laughs> or, or something else that would be unusual in Columbia, South Carolina. Let's put it that way. And um, it just, it cracks me up and we're like, well, she looks like she might want in on it. So we'll see if she comes to bring us another package next or week. Or she might be, but by the expression in her face and her eyes, that's not the story that I was picking up on. But, (laughs) but oh, we just laugh. You just say nothing. You're like, thank you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We'll be more interesting. We'll be more interesting than we really are. But okay, let's see. Uh, what else can we talk about? Oh okay, gosh! So, wait, should I just refer to my? Um, refer to your notes because you are far more organized yes. than me. Thank oh, you. Tabs. Oh, tabs. Like that. Um, okay. I mean, there was just like so much to think about and talk about in this book. I know. And um, oh, oh, a big part of this book was like um, saying yes to um, getting rid of negative influences in real life oh yes in the book she talks about how she has this friend that she calls Laura I wonder what yes it's probably you all I love this part I mean can you imagine asking one of your friends for a huge sum of money no I could barely ask my parents for money exactly you know and then so this woman is like asking for money and then you know Shonda's friends are looking out for her, and apparently this happens all the time, but Shonda doesn't know about it, because her friends and her family, like, protect her, yeah, right, but this friend calls her, asks her for money, and, um, Shonda consults with her friends, and they coach her on how to say no, and it's like, it's funny, because one of the things they said is something that we say in classrooms all the time, that no is a complete sentence. Yes. Yes. 
Yes. And so, no, um, I can't do that right now. You know, whatever. I'm not, like, you know, explaining anything. So she gets her friend on the phone. She tells her friend, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to do that for you. And her friend goes off on this rant. On this rant, railing at her. I can only imagine what she was saying to her. <laughs> um, and then... Shonda's like, uh, this is not working for me. And hangs up on her. And so basically she gave herself permission to say yes. To, to saying, saying no. no. Exactly. You know? And I was just thinking about that. How many of us have like um, toxic friendships? Or like people that just keep in our lives because we feel like we can't cut them out. Uh-huh. You know? We almost... And it's like a huge thing. Yes. You know? Uh-huh. Me too. You know, I won't invite them to anything. Uh huh. If they text me, I'll be like, give them one word answers. Uh huh. You know, but so I, I loved this part too. And I loved that she was able to, um, to share that experience and, and to give, to empower other people to say, it's okay to say no, even to people like you feel like you should always say yes to. And it's funny because I saw a thread in a group the other day. You might've seen this. It was a girl, uh, somebody asked a question about how do you say no when someone that you care about is asking you, cause this is in a mom business group. And it was like, is asking you to buy their services or buy their product or join their MLM or all of these things. And, you know, I am so horrible about this because I want to support everybody. I feel like if I support everybody, then when I need help, which is a lot, that people will support me back, right? But they don't. So what usually winds up happening is I buy a whole bunch of crap that I don't need and will never use. <laughs> or I, I can't afford it. And I can't afford it. So it goes on my credit card, which has put us in a bad place. And in the, in the assumption that when I go around needing help or needing the same kind of favor, that they'll return it. And they don't because other people know how to say no. So when this this thing, this part of the book was especially just like, I was just like, thank you. Thank you for telling me that it is okay to say no. And it is okay, second part of this, to realize that if the person gives you crap about saying no, they are not one of your people. And you don't need them. That's right. Goodbye. Bye. She said goodbye for each other. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think that, like, that is an experience that I've had a couple of times where, like, I just, you know, I really believe in supporting my friends and their businesses and their endeavors. And sometimes I forget to make sure that things are aligned with my values. Yes, that too. That too. But, like, the fake. Then, um, then 
you know, I support them any way I can. You know, we have a woman here in town. Um, she's a, she's actually a friend of my sister's, and she makes these beautiful cakes, beautiful cakes, and they're delicious. And I just, you know, any chance that I get, I recommend her cakes. I tell people to buy her cakes. They're delicious. I bought them. You know, and I and she's like, oh, thank you, thank you, and I'm like, no, I mean, people, people like what you have. You know, your friends should be supporting you and yeah. sharing it. Yeah. You know? But if it's something that you feel icky about or something that like you don't need in your life, you should not feel obligated. So like, so true. It's so true. And, um, you know, I can't tell you how many times that I have said yes to people simply because I didn't want a confrontation or I didn't want them to feel like I wasn't supportive of them. But I have gotten to the point, like, um, there was a rash. I don't know if, if Usborne did this massive, like, campaign of trying to get their consultants out there or something. But I feel like within the span of, like, three weeks, I got invited to participate in or host, like, 17 Usborne book parties. <laughs> and I was just like, look, my kids have kind of outgrown the age of those books. I love those books. I don't need to buy any more books for my for my children. I definitely don't want to host a, a party because people aren't going to, I don't have, I'm not in that environment anymore where, where people want to buy those types of books. That's not my you know group. So I finally got smart on that one. And I offered since it was uh, my cousin and she had just had her first baby that I said I would buy one of our favorite books for her through the party. And then I felt good. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm doing something nice for her. I'm not spending a whole lot of money and, but no, I'm not going to host a party. I just can't, we can't, we can't all do it. And so, yeah, I, I loved, loved, loved the permission to say no and the permission to remove people from your life that don't understand when you say no Two great lessons there. Yeah. I mean, it's really, Alexa, guess what? What? Um, I just got a call from the school nurse. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I have to go and pick up my daughter. This is life as a mom. This is life as a mom. This is real life. That's okay. I think we adequately covered that this book is phenomenal. Um, oh, loved no, it. You did, you did want to, maybe you want to talk about the marriage part. Yes. So we posted this on our on our Instagram feed. And the quest, the one question that we got from Carrie, actually, my co-author and Lose the Cape, was how people felt about her um, – aversion to marriage and and longtime partnership basically she's had several boyfriends and i don't think that it was like an aversion to marriage i think more that she just didn't see the point right and i think she, she has children right she has money you know why does she why, need a man yeah well she, but the best thing though is that she had a boyfriend right she wants a man it's like why does she have to be married to him Right, exactly. You know, like why? And she just talked about. I just love how she just talked about how, like, basically writing is her first love, uh-huh. and that she just, you know, writing is for me. Yes, know? yes, exactly. Yeah. And I loved how. Oh, I loved how she was talking about the particular boyfriend and how, like, he he wanted to be supportive of her and wanted to be there, but he has 
needs too. He wanted to like become, you know, encouraging her or doing all these things. And as a writer, I totally loved the the paragraph where she went on about explaining like how hard it is to get to that place of pure creativity and how one yeah. small interruption would start it all over again. So if she yeah. was working and he would come hang out and, and then he would come in to check with her or bring her a cup of tea or whatever it was she talked about. And it would like take her all the way back out of the creative zone. And then she had to, you know, yeah. go on this huge journey again to get where she was. So I totally get it. And I think you're right. I don't think it's about not um, wanting to be married necessarily as much as she's fulfilled with everything else going on in her life. Right. So she, she wants a companion, but doesn't necessarily feel like she has to tie her life to that companion. And right. we could totally like go into like the history of marriage and how you know, <laughs> marriage is like an outdated concept, but we won't go there. I mean, you know, because like the definition of marriage has changed. Yeah. And if you, and if you, um, I don't know if you ever listened to Esther Perel, she's uh -uh. like a, um, she's like a, psychologist and um she's like basically i think she's like the new dr ruth like uh -huh. the whole thing is about like um marriages and relationships and like why people cheat and stuff but as uh, she's talking about all of this stuff she's also talking about like how marriage has changed yeah and like people get married for different reasons now yeah you know like you know we used to get married for security mm -hmm. you know um I mean, physical security, financial security, but, you know, sisters are doing it for themselves these days. That's right. So, <laughs> so we don't necessarily, that doesn't always like factor into the equation anymore. Right. So if you don't feel compelled to get married, you don't you have, have to. to. Right. But she had those three kids without being married. Exactly. They're all three adopted, so, right? She adopted all three of them, right? I think I think they're all adopted, but I'm not, I, I wasn't sure either. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, she's, yeah, so she's cool. I wish we could get into talking about some of her characters. And there's a question in the guidebook about what Shonda learns from her own characters, such as Christina Yang on Grey's Anatomy. I loved everything that she had to say about Christina Yang. It made me feel really close to her because all the things that she talked about with Christina Yang were the things that I loved about that particular character and why I was literally angry when Christina Yang left the show because I was like, I am losing my person. <laughs> um, but, but did you catch that part where um, basically she just told her that um, that, that character is her? Yeah. That like, yeah. Like whenever she had to like work through something, she worked it through that character. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah I yeah. thought that was so pretty I mean, awesome. She had to like explain that to her. Yeah. You know, Cassandra, oh, because she was like, oh, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was okay, cool. I, um, okay, you've got to go get your child. Yeah. So thank you okay, for... Okay, yes, yes, yes. No, go do what you got to do. It's okay. This has gone long anyway. I'll okay. wrap this up. You go get your child. And thank you so much for doing this. Okay, so... Bye. Bye. Okay, so um, this was our first attempt at this. I think it was a lot of fun. Um, I know that I really enjoy... Um, talking, reading good books and talking about them, but I just don't have time to make it to a book club. And we're kind of hoping that this will give people the opportunity to 
um, get advice on a good book, get the book, read it with us throughout the month, and then show up on the last Wednesday of the month to talk about it. Ideally, when we get people used to the fact that we're doing it this way, we would love, love, love more than anything to have you guys join us in the Zoom room and actually have like live conversation between a group of us so that we can talk about it. Although I don't know that that would have been good today because um, Nancy and I both love this book so much that there really wasn't room for anyone else to talk about it, but we'll try not to be that way in the future. Um if you missed it at the beginning of the show, we did say that our book for February is Brene Brown, Braving the Wilderness. Super hot topic book right now, but super hot to topic just in general with like learning how um, how how to, to stand up and, and be brave and do the things to make a difference in the world. That's the whole idea behind our Live Bravely campaign and behind what we want to um, – talk about and and be on this show and things that we want to bring you. So I really, I have not read it yet. Um, I really look forward to reading it and to talking about it. And, um, and I hope that if you, if anyone is interested, is really interested in coming on the show and discussing the book with us, that you will do that. For those of you who are listening on the podcast, uh, we would invite you over to the Lose the Cape podcast and blog for Busy Moms Facebook page where you can join us the last Wednesday of the month. We're going to try and make this a standard time at 1230 where we do the book club the last Wednesday of the month. And um, we'd love to have you join the discussion and participate. And if you can't be there live, by all means, come back and 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 comment on it. Um, and we're just we're excited to to do this regularly or once a month at least, and um and get some good discussion on some good books. Also, if you have a book that you think would be a great fit, um, we are looking for. We may do fiction over the summer just so that we have something a little uh, lighter when everybody's home with kids or all that good stuff. But we really want to talk about books that challenge us to think about different things. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, I would not have even considered this book. I've been a fan of Shonda Rhimes' shows for a long time and knew that she was the writer um, creator, but I didn't really know that much about her. And I probably would not have gone out and bought this book if it weren't for the fact that my sister asked for it for Christmas. And it turned out to be one of the most impactful, interesting books that I've read in a very long time. So we want to talk about books that challenge us to grow, um, read books that challenge us to grow, read books that challenge our, our, our normal way of thinking about things. And, um, and help us become not only better moms, but better better people and just, you know, think about things from other perspectives and do what we can to make the world a little bit better place, right? So thank you for joining us. Thank you for um, participating in this experiment. I hope it was interesting for you and please come back and, and be part of the discussion. All right. You can check out um, show notes and all that stuff. Once we get this uploaded and done, we'll be over on the lose the cape.com forward slash podcast search year of yes, or Shonda rhymes, or it actually should be at the very top. Uh, if you go there soon and um, thanks for hanging out with us. Have a great day.